Luke 14, and we're going to begin at verse 25. I'm going to read all the way through to verse 35, and then we'll, we'll start from, from there. We'll do a small uh, review, just a small one, and then we're going to try to go forward. And in studying today, I feel like the Lord just really gave a few more things um, to, what, to what we're looking at. Luke 14 and verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, if anyone, I love that anyone, it doesn't matter who it is. Oh, by the way, congratulations uh, on, on Brother Pettis, uh, being, uh, his father being baptized in today. Hallelujah. And if God doesn't intervene, I think they gave him a few days. But understand the mercy of God. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you more than that, Pastor Sandoval, stand. This is what it's all about, being sensitive. You know, we, we have people, I, I was just sharing in just a little brief meeting we had. I, I feel some people's spirit that, that uh, you know, they, they want to be used of God. I mean, they, they feel like they should have opportunities uh, to be up here ministering and everything. By the fact that you struggle with that and you're saying that, and I feel it, but I won't be pushed. God will tell me. So if you have a problem, you need to talk to God. But God have no problem using you if you do what that young man done. Being sensitive, postpone his vacation, heard the voice of God, loved Brother Pettis' father enough to use wisdom to tell him the truth and what he need. And he was open to it. So God has answered your prayers. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And God answered through a yielded vessel. You, you be seated in Jesus' name. Let me, I, I'm, let me, I'll try to stay on track. But everyone that's, that's on this staff has won people to the Lord. There's people that have been tending here for years that Pastor R. Jackson won. And there's others that sit here that's faithful. She has won. Prayed him through. <laughs> she says she's too little to baptize and she may go in the water with him. <laughs> <laughs> baptize him. Pastor Hillebrand has won people to the Lord. Pastor Sandoval, Pastor Brent. And, and these people are not paid staff, prophet, prophetess. And, and one guy came and got the Holy Ghost here and they baptized people. In secret, because of, of wisdom, Minister Seckler has worked with some, baptized some. 
Minister Gazer. And so we, we don't have this team that God put together is not novice. Before God can elevate to a certain place, God is watching what you're doing out there. Well, I don't got off track, but let me just stay here a little bit. I used to be one of those that complained all the time. I'm thinking, bro, Wallace, you, you use me when there's nobody else. And when somebody else come along that had giftings that I didn't have, then I sat back on the pew. And I was sitting there, and I was mad. I had an attitude. And I, I appreciate the way no one has said anything to you. Since, man, I, I watch you when we ask for people to pray, and you come up, and you work with people. You... You probably didn't want me saying this, but you don't do it for show. You do it because of a burden. God take notice of that. I, I used to sit back and I, man, I, I, you know, Pastor Guerrero and Lord know the people here winning. He's winning to the Lord. And I'm thinking, well, I, I can do that. You, why come, why come you're not giving me a chance? And I just had an attitude sitting on the pew. And I remember while I was coming out of the pulpit one time, he came down and asked me, are you okay? I lied. <laughs> now I'm telling you, don't be lying. <laughs> I'm thinking, don't come to me. I'm mad at you. <laughs> Very one you're mad at want to come. Are you okay? <laughs> and I remember sitting all the way in the back in, in, in the nosebleed section back there where where one of our board members is sitting at night, brother. Nick, what you doing? You and your wife had it. Where is she? That's why he's sitting in the back. Hey, I'll take care of him. You, nah, I'll just pick it. I'll sit back there, and I, and I remember God dealing with me, and I said, you know what, Lord? You, you, you have never done me wrong. You have never talked about me. You have never abused me. Sister Jackson had, but you have him, Lord, <laughs> withholding food from me. It's going to be a long ride home. I'm riding home with you tonight. <laughs> I said, God, even if I feel like they're doing something to me, I'm just going to love them anyway. When my attitude changed, everything else changed. When I wasn't sitting there, and I begin to teach Bible studies and begin to win people to the Lord, all of a sudden they want me sitting on the platform. And then there was opportunity that was given. So I, I'm saying to those that I, that I feel, you can sit there and you can be upset. I can come to some of you and just touch and say, you don't think I feel your spirit more than I feel your spirit? God feel your spirit. So don't, don't get jealous of the one that God is using. Don't have an attitude with them. Want to be used? Talk to the Lord. That was free. And you already gave your tithes and offering anyway. So let's, let's, let's move on. It's commendable what Pastor Sandoval done. Now, Brother Moses, if he start acting up tonight, you just tell him, let my people go, all right? <laughs> I was reading somewhere. 14, and what, what verse was I on? 
Yeah, see, y'all ready to go home. You knew exactly where I stopped at. No, anyway, if anyone come to me, Jesus said, and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who come against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill. That's bad if it's not fit for a pile of poop. That's what it's talking about. You can look it up in the Greek. But men throw, but men throw it out. I said poop. That's not a bad word for the kids. He who had ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this is interesting. So we're going to spring for verse 14 and verse, not verse 14, verse 15, verse 25 and verse 26. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to him. Now, I talked about it last week, and this is, this is so true. We have multitudes, great multitudes of people, churches, claiming to be followers of Jesus Christ. And so the Lord said, there's great multitudes that's following me, but I'm going to have to separate the sincere from those that are not really sincere. A lot of people love to say, hey, we, we are Christians and we follow Christ. So he turned and he said to them, if anyone comes to me, if you will accompany me, if you will come along beside me, if really you're going to be a companion of mine. And he said, and, and if you want to come for me and you do not hate your father and your mother and your wife, your children, brothers and sisters, and yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. First of all, we got to establish what is a disciple. 
A disciple is a learner. It's, it's a pupil. One who follows. Notice the, the, the definition. This is the Greek definition. One who follows one's teaching. If you're going to be a disciple of the Lord, then you will follow his teaching. You're going to follow it to a T. Not saying we're perfect. Not saying we're going to make, won't make mistakes. There's nobody perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. But you're going to do your best to follow his teaching. One who is engaged in learning. So when you hear something, you're asking God to give you the correct understanding. You're applying understanding to what you're learning. So you can live whatever you're learning. You must be engaged in learning. I, I love the fact what, what Pastor Sandoval uh, just just some things. Now, God talks to him, but he's also a disciple. Sitting in this uh, sanctuary tonight, he's a disciple. And some of the things he said to your father is some of the stuff that he has heard from the pulpit or some of the stuff we have talked about in private. He knew, and he let your father know, nothing is going to happen to you until you have the opportunity to be baptized. So somewhere he was engaged in learning. That make any sense? Well, we're going to get somewhere tonight. Now, I was sitting at the house and, oh, my goodness, Lord, there's some stuff here. One who is engaged in learning. In the sense of a pupil, it implies a relationship to the teacher, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to follow someone else teaching, then you must have trust in the one that you're following. You must trust the one that's teaching. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you trust the word that he is teaching. So he said this to him. Now, he used a very strong word. If anyone accompany me, want to be my companion, and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Then we talked about this. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of looking up words, the dictionary, because the meaning can be the English meaning, but it's not what's being said here. We go to the Greek. Now, if we're going to use the dictionary, uh, handmade explained it on, on Monday night. Here's the times where you use the dictionary. If you look up a word in the Greek or the Hebrews, and within that definition that the Hebrew and the Greek give you, there's a word in there you don't understand, that's the time to go to get clarity. That's when you, because when they give you the, the meaning of the word in the Greek and the Hebrew, it's giving you the, the, the meaning that we can understand in English. 
So if they use an English word in there, you can go look it up. Now, let's say uh, if, 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 if you find a word, and I use, it's been a long time since I taught this, you find a word, and just like she said, and you, and you look up the word, it don't have much of a meaning to it. Before you go to the dictionary, read the scriptures, that's before it. Read the scriptures that's after it and try to understand the contents of the scripture. Sometimes the scripture will interpret it itself. Now, we know that he cannot mean the word hate the way that we know it. I mean, when I'm going to come to Hannah and say, I hate you because God said it. She go, it won't work. <laughs> it just won't work. Brother Dustin, you should have seen the way she looked at me and stuff, scaring me and everything. And so we, we know it cannot mean that. So the Greek definition means that you love less. It doesn't mean that you don't love them, but you got to love God more. You got to love him more than father. You got to love him more than mother. You got to love him more than wife. You got to love him more than children. You got to love him more than brothers. You got to love him more than sisters. And you got to love him more than your life itself. If you're going to be a disciple of God. And see, and, and if you love God the way you're supposed to, then all the other people, you will love them the way they're supposed to be loved. So he's saying this here. So we, we're going to look at this. We're going to skip a lot. And let's, let's pick up where we left off last week. But we got to repeat this because there's some more God add to it. So let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark 10. Elder be waiting for me in Exodus 20, verse 1, 2, and 3. Mark 10, Matthew, Mark. Mark 10, verse 17. If you dare say amen. Now, watch this here. As he was going out on the road, one came running. And notice the mannerism here. He knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, reading this story, we understand this young man had it good. He was doing well in life. He was smart enough to know that, hey, one day this life is going to end. And I want to make sure that, that I'm going to have a good life on the other side. So he said, good teacher, what must I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, the Lord highlighted this to me today is that some people, they are masters are saying, of, of saying the right thing. Saying the right words, it don't mean a word that they're saying. We have people that are masters in teaching and preaching in pulpits, 
knowing exactly what to say, but it's not in their heart. So the Lord said, I'm going to test him. I'm going to find out if he really mean what he's saying or do he understand what he's saying. Now, watch this here. So the Lord asked him a question. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? You call me good teacher. Why do you call me good? He asked him a question. God was testing him. And then he said, hey, no one is good but one. That is God. So what was he trying to do? If this guy was sincere, he would have caught it. He would have caught that the Lord was telling him, oh, yeah, there's only one that's good, and that is God, and I am him. But because he was sincere, he mastered saying the right things, and he never knew why he called him good. And the Lord asked him again, why you call, why you call me good? There's only one good. The Lord never denied that he was good. I'm telling you, when, when you, when you are listening and you're trying to apply meaning, God will speak to you. Now watch this here. We'll go a little bit farther. He answered that question. He said, hey, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. <laughs> I need to say it for some young people. And <laughs> some young people are going like this. Move on. And the answer said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. In the wisdom of God. Because he just let him know there's only one good, that's God. He was God. He was God in flesh. In the wisdom of God, God was trying to set him up so he can understand some things. It wasn't what he said. It was what he didn't say. The Lord named all the ones that he was, he was fulfilling. But the ones that he was not fulfilling... The Lord didn't name those. And the guy was happy. He's all, all of these, all of what? All the ones he listed, I have kept since my youth. Man, I, I, I have lived those, had a little pride there. But the Lord didn't stop there. The Lord said, okay, you, you, you done that. Oh, man. You done that part. Then Jesus looked at him, he, be, he beheld him, and he loved him. He loved him in the social and the moral sense. When you look that word up in the Greek, the social sense, it's that he loved him to the point that he wanted him to be a companion. He wanted to spiritually hang out with him. And he loved him in the moral sense to the place that he wanted him to be right in the sight of God. And friend, I am learning, even though sometimes people may not understand me, I got to love you with the love of God enough. Even though you may not like some words that have come out of my mouth to tell you the truth. 
If I don't love you enough to tell you the truth, then you don't have a true shepherd. You have a harling. He looked at him, he loved him, and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures. You will have a deposit in heaven. You will have something stored of value in heaven. Why? Because of his obedience. And come and take up the cross and follow me. Well, he asked. And the Lord told him. But look what happened. But he was sad at this word. That's the Logos word. He was sad at the sayings of God at the commandments of God, at the teachings of God. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. There's nothing wrong with having a lot. But the problem is that he loved those possessions more than he loved God. And he said, Lord, I want eternal life. And I want to make it to the kingdom. And I want to be your companion." But, Lord, I, I cannot divorce or detach myself away from these things. So there was something he loved more than God. And just living and obeying some of the word of God is not enough. I'm going to get ahead of myself. A little leaven. It leavened the whole lump. You're going to be doing 99% of submitting to the word of God right, but that 1% can keep you out of the kingdom of God. So let's look at this, Elder. What was he doing wrong? Exodus 20, verse 1, 2, and 3. All right. Now, God spake to all the words, saying, I am the Lord your God. Oh, man. He said, I am the Lord your God. Not what you own is your God. Not what you possess is your God. Not your education. That is not your God. Not your career. It is not your God. He said, I am the Lord your God. Everything we have is because of God. Now, thank you to those that are responding, but there's some, there's some that can't respond because you know, oh, man, you know there's some things that you love more than God, and you have not acknowledged that everything that you have came from God. That's why I'm teaching here tonight. If you're going to be a disciple of God, you got to love God more than everything else. Woo! Oh, my God. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, let's keep going. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Did God bring you out? If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then God bring you out. You've been baptized in Jesus and have God brought you out. Did he bring you out of drugs? Did he bring some of you out of alcohol? Did he bring you from a promiscuous lifestyle? 
Then he changed you from being a liar and a cheat and a, and a thief. God has brought you out. Woo! Then God brings some of you out of poverty. Oh, my God. God has brought us out. He said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Watch this here. Out of the house of bondage. Out of the house of bondage. Oh, my God. Let's keep going. You shall have no other gods before me. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. So what happened, this guy had great possessions. And he had them to the point that they became a god in his life. And so it wasn't what he had done. It's what he had not done. And so the, the Lord called him out. If you really want to follow me, if you really want to be my companion, if you really want to accompany me, if you really want treasures in heaven, detach yourself from everything that you have and give to the poor. And see, oh, man, God's going to determine where we are by our obedience to the word of God. Wow. There's a part I need to get to tonight. God showed me some things. So let's go to verse 23. Let's, thank you, Elder. That's, that's, that's all the way to verse 3. All right. I'll let you know where to be waiting for me. Matter of fact, you'll be waiting for me. Matthew 7, verse 13. So let's begin at verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Listen, I still think there's going to be four millionaires here. I don't believe in this vow of poverty. I don't believe that's the biggest, that's the biggest dunghill. Now, my mind is clean. People, I'm going to take a vow of poverty and stuff in. Well, you go ahead. If God bless me, I'm going to drive the best vehicle I can drive. God bless me, I'm eating the best restaurant I can eat. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God bless me, brother, brother Boone, I'm going to wear a shirt with a stain on it. That was given to me. <laughs> He's not a cowboy fan, I found out. But the Lord forgive you. <laughs> yeah, the Lord's going to open your eyes to understand tonight. Now I'm just picking it up. So I don't, I don't believe in this. And, and it's the will of God for his people to be blessed. And it's God's will. But it's, it's keeping it in the right perspective. If, if, if we love something more than we love God, there's a breach in our relationship. And the enemy will use whatever we love more than we love God. He will use that to entice us to walk out of the hands of God. So here he makes this statement. He looked around and said to his disciples, now wait a minute, want those that follow his teaching. He said, this is a teaching moment right here. How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And his disciples were astonished at his words. 
But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? There's nothing wrong with being rich. Let me make it clear. There's nothing wrong with being rich. But if your trust is in your riches, then your riches has become your God. And as a family in here tonight, I'm telling you, friend, you, you, you better be careful. Because I feel like God said I have spoken to him. And they sit there like this guy and they look. And I said, I can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? The reason why you have what you have is because of God. What do you mean it's going to leave you in a bad place? The Bible said he's never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging for bread. Some trust in chariots. Come on, somebody. Some trust in horses. But, friend, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. See, that trust is there. You'll be seen in Jesus' name. And so there's a breach in his relationship. Now, watch this here. He said, you know, he, he talked to the disciples. He said, it's hard for them. He's letting them know, just trust in me. Just, just trust me. We can find in the Old Testament and New Testament, some of the richest people was people of God. But Job, his trust was in God. He said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. God brought me in. And God will be the one that take me out. But my trust is not in what I had. My trust is in God. Woo! Somebody got to make sure there's no breach in your relationship. I don't go there tonight because oh, we're we going to go a little bit farther. Now watch this here. So. He said this. In the next verse, he said, the disciples were astonished. And the Lord told him, hey, look, it is those who trust in riches. It's hard for them to enter to the kingdom of God. And that's talking about two dimensions. He's going to answer both of them. People that trust in other things, other things that are God, you can't walk in the kingdom. You can't walk in that dominion. You cannot walk in that rim of that sphere. You cannot walk in the supernatural because your trust is in some other God. So he's talking in twofold. While we're here on the earth, and then when our life is over with, you can't enter the kingdom of God. So, so watch this here. So when he, when he said this, uh, verse 25, it is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In other words, it's a proverb. And we know ain't no camel going to go through the eye of a needle. You see that camel trying to get through there, trying to bag in there. (laughs) 
People say, I don't know what to think about that preach over there. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I just seen the camera just trying to bag. He got his tail through there. I'm talking about, the, do camera have a tail? <laughs> he could get his other tail through there, but he got his tail through there. <laughs> We know a camel can't go through an eye of a needle. In other words, the Lord said, it is impossible. And how we know that's what he meant is by the very next scripture. The Bible said, they was greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? So he's letting them know. If you trust in riches or you have some other God, if there's a breach in your relationship and you love something more than God, you cannot make it to the kingdom of God. Watch this here. Then when when they said this, Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible. When you do it man's way, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, how many things? All things are possible. So Peter said, hmm. He said, uh, Lord, look, we have left all and followed you. He wanted to know, man, we, we have left everything and followed you. And this applies to us today. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, there is how many one? No one who has left what? Our, 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 for what? Oh, for my sake. He said, for my cause, for my reasons. He was telling him, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor. And take up your cross and follow me, and you'll have treasures in heaven. And they may ask him, why are you selling this? I'm doing it for the cause of Jesus. I'm doing it because the Lord told me to. You cannot be submitted to God and do the will of God and God not take care of you. Is that what the word says? He said, for my sake and the what? Then watch this here. Who shall not receive how much? When? Somebody say it again. Some of you don't believe it. It's my hands that got this. It's my hard work that done it. It's my education that done it. But God gave you the strength in your hands. He gave you the sound mind. He gave you the wisdom to do what you're doing. Acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways. But this is what the world would tell us. This is what people that follow the Lord, instead of moving from being a follower to a disciple, they say, hey, I've done this. I made this happen. I, oh, you can be seated, man. I'm getting off track. I... I Now, I don't have none of this in my notes, but this is, this is just where I'm at. It, it amazes me. 
when people struggle with giving their tithes. That, that, that 10%, that's, that's a lot. But Jesus gave his all. I won't be able to make it if I give it. With that type of spirit, don't give it. Don't worry about First UPC. God will take care of First UPC. And then I, I, I had so many people upset when I teach on offering. Well, I, I don't believe. And I'm thinking, you're not arguing with the bishop. And neither will you twist my arm and make me step outside of God's word. I, I teach God's word so you can be blessed. When you are a disciple, you don't have to agree with it to obey it. It's because God said it, I'm going to do it. God has to know that he can trust you in obeying God's word before God can trust you with some of the gifting that he wants to place in your life. Somebody's got to move from being a follower to a disciple. We're going to go a little bit farther. How are we doing on time? Okay, it's just 7.30. Me lay hands on myself lying in the house of God. A hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children. And some of you really believe that children part. That's why they make suburbans and children, children, and lands. Watch this here. With persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. Why do you say with persecution? Listen, friend. When you are submitted to God and you are a true disciple, a follower of God, then the enemy knows that he doesn't have you anymore. This is why people say, you know, when the new people come in, they say, before I start trying to live for God, I never went through any of this. And when you begin to live for God, you begin to go through some things. He said, with persecution, because the enemy is running around trying to find a breach trying to look for a weak point, trying to look for something he can manipulate in your life and pull you out or make you or entice you to walk out of the hands of God. The ones that don't go through anything, those are the ones I worried about. It's going to be persecution, friend. If it's just mental persecution, it's going to be there. 
It's going to be the enemy telling you you're not worth anything. And God don't love you. And God's not going to use you. It's going to be the enemy already bring up your past. But you need to cast down. You know where it's coming from. And tell them you have no part in my mind. Casting down imagination. Somebody better hear me. And thoughts. And every high thing. Come on, somebody. That exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I may not be perfect, but I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody got to tell the enemy, I know I'm a child of God. I may have messed up in the past, but my past has been washed away. And every time you stumble, friend, he's going to be there to remind you of your stumbling. But you know what? All you got to do is confess your sins to the Lord and repent and God will forgive you. With persecution. Now let's look at this here. Go to Matthew 7, verse 13. Well, there's one part I really thought I was going to get to. Matthew 7, verse 13. Pastor R. Jackson taught on this probably last year, months ago. Matthew 7, verse 13, Elder. Enter. By the narrow gate. By what gate? The narrow gate. That word narrow there means stray. And, and, and a stray, if you see a stray, you see in the pictures, it's a narrow, uh, it's sometimes it's a narrow ravine with water in it, or it's a narrow road, and it's twists and it's turns, and it's obstacles on both sides. So what he's telling us in the, at the, in the narrow gate, the straight gate, and it's so narrow, there's obstacles on both sides. Then watch this here. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So many would be like the rich young ruler. I obey this part of the scripture. But this command you just gave me, I, 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 I can't do that. I want to have God and the world. I want to feel good when I come to the house of God. Bishop, don't make me feel bad. Don't challenge me through the priest's word. Don't challenge me through the talk word. Let me feel comfortable and ease and soothe my conscience while I'm in the house of God. And there's many that walks that broad way. But, man, I got to thinking today. I said, God, I, I, I can't comprehend, but, friend, hell is real. And we don't think about it. One day we're going to stand before God, and we have to give an account. You cannot comprehend what eternity is going to be like. And so I was sitting there thinking, I go, why should I have any fear to obey God? Because he's the giver of life. He's the one that's going to judge me. 
And I, I want to make it. I want to make it to the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be on that straight. And there's going to be obstacles there. There's many churches that have people on the wide road. Oh, man. I'm getting, I remember early on in my pastorship here. Oh, man, some of the words used to get back to me, even coming from people in leadership. They was complaining about everything. I, I, I realized what it was. The people was trying to control the pulpit. They was trying to make sure that I heard the word. And if I ever would let you control the pulpit, we may have more people here, but nobody be going to heaven. And I would be a hireling. I'll be deceived and you'll be deceived. But God, I had to make up my mind. And friends, do it bother you when you hear things that people say about you? Yeah, because you can't go and hit them. You can't beat them up. You can't challenge them. You can't do anything. But shoes, I got Sister Hannah Jackson to get him. <laughs> Hannah gets you with words. By the time you finish reading that stuff, you're bleeding. You didn't even know it. <laughs> it. It was people in leadership, Brother Tom. I should hear this stuff. And so I have to go home and wrestle with, Lord, I don't want to be negative all the time. I don't want to be this stuff you never see. And then as God spoke to the handmaid, the Lord, he said it. There's sometimes I give you some hard things to say. And I made up my mind. I'm not going to have nobody's blood on my hand. I'm going to say what does say it the Lord. And you know what? And when you yield to what God has for you and you let God be priority in your life, then you might be like a handmaiden. You might be like a Pastor R. Jackson. You may be like a Pastor Guerrero. You may have giftings that God will give you. And there's some that God wants to give. But we got to move from being a follower to a disciple. People have conversations around their table. I love Bishop, but I don't agree with that. Mm, I feel something right now. Keep reading, Elder, because I got some people mad at me. It's your fault. <laughs> Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate. Oh, okay. Now, that word narrow means that it's going to be crowded. That word narrow means it's going to be full of affliction. It's going to have trouble. You're going to suffer tribulation. You're going to be pressed. You're going to be squeezed. You're going to be pinched. You're going to be oppressed. There's distress that's going to come. And I don't know. This part we don't like to read. But this is what happened on the narrow road. Listen, we got people in our own organization. They can't stand us because of the stance that we take. And it is a biblical stance. Because everybody seemed like we did this revelant stuff and going a certain way. We're not going that way. Oh, my God. The house of God has to be the house of God. 
Can't be no light show in the house of God. Can't be no coffee bar, no restaurant in the house of God. Can't be no stage in the house of God. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble on this. When you have a daycare or a school just to get funds to build your facility that is wrong, then you're letting the government or the city be your God and supply your need. Let the house of God be what it's supposed to be, and God will give you everything that you need. Oh, Now, when they had a school here, they had it for the right reason. But there's some of them don't. They said, man, look at this facility because we got this money coming in. And, and we're and we bending this way. And we're bowing this way and stuff so we can have a great facility. But we're not doing that here. We'll do exactly what God tells us to do. You'll be seated in Jesus' name. I know I got a hair up. Uh, finish reading that, Elder. You, 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 you're wasting a lot of my time. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you're making me go slow, so finish reading. <laughs> and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there <sighs> are few who... F- no, you're good. But you're making me stop. Difficult. He, he said difficult. Is that what the word says? And King James said narrow, but they were narrow mean difficult. Difficult. Hey, it's the way that leads to life. And there are how many? Compared to the population of the world, it is few. But I'm looking at the few that's in this place tonight. Somebody say amen. I don't care how anybody else water the word down. We're not going to water the word down. I don't want to be a follower. I want to be a disciple. I want to follow the teachings of God Almighty. Oh, man, whoever's playing can come up here and just sit for a while. No, I'll let you know when to play. I got to find somewhere to jump off. Oh, man. So let's go to, to Psalms. 119.105. Elder, go to Psalms 73, verse 1 and 2. So how, how do we enter in, 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 the narrow, in the narrow gate? And how do we stay on the narrow path? And how do we walk through the difficulties and the obstacles that the enemy is setting for us? We have on a narrow road, there is no room for error. I remember in the Philippines going to Baguio, you heard me talk about it. Going up that mountain, they had one road. And it was just wide enough for a car going up and a car coming, going down. Friend, I I was a Christian then, that's where I was born again at. But I got so close to Jesus 
going up that mountain with that bad driver that was driving. Man, I, many times I thought we was going to die. And Sister Jackson, I got all my insurance money and stuff. And y'all weren't even here at that time. She would have been saying, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. Show them how to do it. She don't know how to do the macarena. She know how to do the macaroni. <laughs> I was praying. There was no room for error. They didn't have no, no side rails. And friend, you can see over. I was praying. The road was narrow with many obstacles. And you may get to a place and there are the goats going across the road. You can't hit a goat. <laughs> That's not the way to get milk. Uh, no room for error. There's no room for error. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. But we got to do our best to stay there. So how do we stay there? Go to verse 105. I appreciate that, Sister Moore. You want me to read all of them until we got there. Start at verse 1. She said, no problem, Bishop. We can stay here all night. Watch this here. This is how you enter the narrow and stay there. Now, remember, a disciple is one that followed the teachings of another. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And so you got to know where to step to get on that road. Your obedience to the word tells you where to step your feet. Thy word is a lamp. To my feet, your word illuminates where I should step. Your obedience to the word of God lets you know what path you should be on. You cannot make a misstep when you submit to the word of God. But when you decide to step outside the word, then you're getting off the narrow. And then the enemy is waiting for you. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? And then the word and your obedience, it lights the path, the journey, Ooh, the road that you should be on. You want to know how to make it through the difficulties and the obstacles that's on that straight and narrow. Then you got to be obedient to the word of God. There cannot be a breach in your relationship. Now, now watch this here. Watch this here. Go, go ahead and start strumming. I'm not going to get to where I want to be tonight. Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel. Is God good to us? Yeah. Watch this here. To such as are pure in heart. Oh, that, that have a pure heart. Pure hearts and pure mind. Have a mind that I want to just please God no matter what. Now watch this here. But as for me. So he looked at himself. We don't have time to deal with this tonight. You got to take up your cross and follow him. He had to examine himself to see where the enemy was looking for opening a breach. But as for me, watch this here. 
my feet had almost stumbled. Oh, I, I almost stepped on the wrong path. Watch this here. My steps had nearly slipped. My steps nearly slipped until he went into the sanctuary of God. And there the man of God or the woman of God was ministering the word of God. And then he seen the end of the wicked. Come on, somebody. If you want to stay. You got to submit to the word of God Almighty. God didn't ask you if you like it, if you agree with it, if it makes you feel good. Somebody got to make up their mind. I'm going to be a disciple. Come on, somebody. I'm going to stay on that straight and narrow. I'm not going to get off that road. All right, I got five minutes to be seated. Five minutes. So, <laughs> this is how the, 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 the young ruler he said, man, I, I, I obeyed all this, but there's some other stuff that I have obeyed. And so I was going to bring my meal with me. Do you bring your meal, Sister Hannah? I don't want the Twinkies or anything like that out of there. <laughs> all right. Which one of you brought Kool-Aid in here? Anybody got a meal on any, any, anything to... Sister who? You got some, Sister Lena? I knew you was bringing that in the house of God. <laughs> Handle your business, bro. No. It's who? It's ATB brand. Well, it may not work, but we'll see. <laughs> no, thank you. So, a little leaven. Eleven the whole lump. Now I just want to use a little of this, just a little. I'm sure ain't a wasted because I'm a stickler about the house of God being clean. You're doing good on medication music, bro. So a little leaven. Make sure if I waste it, it's gonna be on this one. Hey, you ain't got nothing in here. So I just wanted to affect a little bit. See how it tastes. Did it just affect a little bit of the bottle? Or the whole bottle? So a little leaven. Thank you very much. Got your best there. A little leaven. A little sin. It affects everything that you do. All the good in your life, a little sin, it affects everything. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump. And so we cannot make a misstep. We cannot step outside of the word of God. And you got to make sure there is no breach in your relationship with God. Somehow we got to love God more than anything. Go ahead and stand with me all over. 
ain't done, but I'm going to finish this last scripture. It's only going to take me about 10 minutes to get through. No, no, I'll be quick. Psalms 37 and 23. Watch this here. The Bible said that the steps, plural, of a good man, that's mankind, are ordered by who? Now watch this here. And so when you... When you're submitted to the word of God, he ordered your footsteps by your obedience to the word of God. And he, who the good man, mankind, good woman, good man, doesn't matter, delights in his, in his way. Well, wait a minute. So that word delight, when you look it up, if we use the, the English definition and say we're happy and all that good stuff. Well, that's part of the Hebrew definition, but it also means it's here. The steps, watch this here, of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so I, I, I want to go left, but the Lord said go straight. And so even though, God, I want to go this way, you're telling me to go this way. And so, God, I'm going to obey you. And he, the good man, delights in his way. They were me to bend. You have to be able to allow God to bend you in whatever direction he wants you to go. You got to be pliable in the hands of God. And when God bend you in that direction and you go with it, you got to be thankful that God loved you enough. You better hear me that God will order your footsteps. But there are some people say, I'm not going to turn. I, I am not going to do that. I am not going to submit to that word. I will not be like that. And God said, oh, man, I can't order your footsteps. There's a breach in your relationship. But somebody got to make up their mind tonight. There's no breach in my relationship. I'm going to love God more than anything. I'm quiet on this and we're going to pray. Ambassador, this is why, this is why we, we have to be a word church. I, I heard a clip for about two minutes, and this guy was preaching, and the people was going crazy, and he was saying nothing. He was going, even my wife looked at me while I was listening to him. She probably wondered why I was listening to it. <laughs> I've been nosy. Anyway, he was saying, you all are making it to, the, to heaven from the last prayer meeting. You all are making it to heaven from the last church service you've been in. Man, you're saying all this, but what are you saying? And the people were just, and one saying nothing. How do we know how to walk and how to please God if there is no instruction? And listen, this Joshua team know how to rightly divide the word. And if it's not rightly divided, don't worry. This mistakes are being made. Bishop in his own way and make sure we correct it. But they know how to rightly divide the word. 
It's important. Well, say so you feed my people because there, there are some people in here. If you didn't hear what prophetess said that other night and making these idols and, and different things like that, it, it's because there's a breach. And you love something more than you love God. Some of us, we love sports. We love our children participating in sports. We love fashion. Now, God don't want us to look like the bag man or the bag lady and stuff. want us to be nice. But that's all some of us live for. We live for having the, the best brands that's out there. You know, I was thinking, now look, I know some. They're going to get on me. One guy tried to get me. He said, well, why are you driving that kind of car? I go, because I can. <laughs> but I don't love that thing more than I love Jesus. Some people, whole life, they strive to get something that somebody else don't have because it affirms them. And God is looking at the heart the whole time. But I want to be a disciple, Brother Pickett. I want to be a disciple. So when God said go, I'm going. When God said turn left, I, I, I'm turning left. We're going to pray. One last thing. God just brought it back to my mind. Step out here, uh, prophetess. It's nothing bad. No, him standing back there. God spoke a word to you. And the Lord said, he can use her any way that he wants. If he want her to prophesy, she yield to it. If he want her to preach, she yield to it. She kick her legs up, but she yield to it. If he want her to teach, she yield to it. There are some things she's doing for the office now. There was no hesitation. She yield to it. And then I, I told her there, there's some time, it just, just this past, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that. I said, you're opening in corporate prayer. Now, she may not want to do it. That's what Brother Master said. She complained the whole way, but not to me. <laughs> Kicked invisible dogs and everything. What's wrong with Bishop? But when I talk to her, she oh, yes, sir, no problem. But seriously, he did say that. No, he didn't. But no. And so she done it. And then God used her. You know why? That's a disciple. And she loved God enough to obey. I can't say enough about, we still go back when I told her, this is what God wants you to do. And she done it. We're halfway complaining. Did I get an amen? I got an amen. We can, we can, but what I'm saying, she done it. She let it go. She detached herself from it. 
God told you, you're going to have treasures in heaven. Treasures that you're not even aware of. And it was difficult to let it go. But she said, God, whatever you want. And all nine gifts are resident on the inside of her. Where are you going? No, you're good. Now, now, you're good. <laughs> Pastor R. Jackson, she gave that testimony. She, she definitely didn't tell us when she said this, this when, when, when one of her peers called and said, you, you need to think twice about letting some of this go. Listen. She could be making some money. But everything God has asked her to do, and what she don't know is times when her father just sit and just cry. But the Lord let me know she belonged to me. And she divorced herself from some things and look what God is doing. Every time I have asked this man of God to do something, he has done it. And we're wondering why he's going to be out next week preaching in Mexico, right? Why all this stuff is, is going on. Had to leave his family for two and three days. His wife said, you need to let him go for two weeks, Bishop. <laughs> I told him, keep praying. God may answer that prayer. And he done it for God's sake and the gospel. And there's giftings that are there. I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to somebody right now. Listen, there's some things that God wants to place in the bosom of some of us. Last one. I'm trying to quit. Come out here, Minister Trini. Come on, come up here. I'm playing like you're over there praying. You ain't praying. Come on. I'm looking over there. There he go. With his eye open. You know what he told me? He said, Bishop, whatever you want, I'm trying to obey God. And he's willing to go. Come on. Come on, Sister Garza. You know it's going to be difficult for them to leave their children for a week. It's going to be hard, especially for her. And we, we're going to make sure that we just let them tear up everything while y'all go. <laughs> I'm going to fill y'all with candy and everything. It's difficult. But you know what he said? If this is what God wants, already took time off from, from his job. They don't think doctors work in anyway. So, but because there's no breach in his relationship with God and he loves God, that's why God spoke that word to him. That's why God told him, you're going to see a man there and you're going you're to let the man of God know that He's not for you. And God said, through his hands, in her hands, what God's going to do through them. You know why? Because they are disciples. They love God more than anything. 
But they're not the only one that God wants to put some things in their hand. So every eye closed. 